Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason Goodham, Pastor Brett Bow, and Pastor Adam Osier have a special live broadcast. It was a live show recorded at the Bible School in Plymouth, Minnesota, where they took some questions, talked about specific things, and they kind of talked about the whole idea behind being Lutheran. Being Lutheran is sponsored by the Free Lutheran Bible College and Seminary, establishing students in the eternal and inerrant Word of God for a life of faith in Jesus Christ and faithful service to His kingdom since 1964. To learn more or apply, look at flbc.edu. Welcome to the Being Lutheran Podcast. My name is Pastor Brett Bow, and I'm joined by Pastor Jason Goodham and Pastor Adam Osier as well as 130 of my favorite students. Yeah, all right. We are doing a... <laughs> there you are, there you are. This is easily the most amount of people we've had in the recording studio. We, well, we wanted to make sure we actually had people listening. Yeah. So this was how we did it. Uh, we have we a lot of insecurities. To put everybody here, uh, and I require them to be here. They get fined if they don't. So it's kind of a, yeah. Didn't realize how You weren't supposed to say that on the air. Yeah, I didn't realize how self-serving it was until I said it out loud. Anyway... We are, are here today, and one of the reasons we're doing this is, is we, um, we are partnering with the school. The school partners with us, and, and uh, we have, over the course of, of the years, really talked a lot about the school, uh, and we talk about the students as well. And, and you guys do make it onto the podcast, Not, never by name and really neither by reputation, just the fact that you exist more so. Uh, and, and so that's why we're doing this for you today. We want to share a little bit about what we do. We wanted to give you a picture of what uh, a ministry like this looks like, kind of behind the scenes. And then we're going to give some time for some Q&A as well. So with that being said, I would like, um, I would like to ask Jason this question. And I want to start by asking this. The heart behind the podcast, when did it start? Why did it start? Uh, what was the, the background there? So we started recording six years ago, uh, October of, what, 2016? Uh, it came out of something we were doing at my congregation. When I first started at Faith, uh, I was asked by several of my members, uh, independently of one another, why we were Lutheran. Uh, they really had no conception. I've, been, I've spent a lot of time trying to figure this out, and the, the best I can figure out where it came from was in the mid-aughts, right about the time when we were in seminary, was where things were starting to go really sideways. For, for the young kids, what are aughts? The <laughs> 2000 to 2009, aught is a, a fancy word for zero. Yeah, old-fashioned. So, yeah. These kids are young. Yeah. Um, right, Got to help them out. So that's when the things started to go really sideways in the ELCA. When we were in seminary, they had that big tornado that right. knocked over yep. the cross downtown Minneapolis. The conclusion that for the first time, at least in Minnesota, it was not popular to be Lutheran anymore. That it was, it was kind of a derogatory term for a lot of people. And, and some of my members were saying, you know, some, one of my coworkers found out I was Lutheran. And they're like, oh, really? And, and so they want to figure out why do we believe what we believe and what exactly do we believe? And I puzzled over what to do about that. And finally, I decided the, the best thing I could possibly do is to take the Lutheran Book of Concord and start teaching my way through that. If, if we're going to find out what it means to be Lutheran, it's best to let the very first Lutherans tell us what it means to be Lutheran. And I started teaching that class, and a bunch of my friends who are pastors started asking me to make the Sunday School curriculum available. And I, I didn't know how to do that or what to do about it. But my background is in radio. That was what my very first college major was. And I'm very good friends with Brian Rickey, 
who is a world-class uh, music sound producer, and he offered to start recording things, and so that's what we did. We ended up making a podcast on it. We asked mm -hmm. Brett to step in, and the rest is, you know, history 25 minutes at a time, I guess. <laughs> yeah. 25 minutes at a time. And I can say this, I think, kind of as the newcomer. I've only been on the, I, I don't know how long I've been on. How Maybe many episodes? a little episodes? over a year. Or a, yeah. 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 Uh, in like terms that. of the total number of episodes, what are we at now, Brett? You're the kind of the guru I, at this. I think we're close to 300 episodes at and, this point. Yeah. And I've, I've been around for less than half of that. So I feel mm -hmm. safe saying this when I say it like this, that um, it, this is a, a podcast that has had a far bigger reach than I think, Jason, you ever anticipated. Is that mm -hmm. true? Yeah, I would have been happy if we survived our content on the small catechism, and I was probably thinking we'd settle into about 100 people <laughs> listening to it, <laughs> mostly people I know. Uh, where it stands right now... Your, your family, yeah, your mom. Yeah, yeah, my family, my mom, my grandma, kind of stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, we get 15,000 <laughs> downloads a month, Yeah, which is... A Surprising. little bit higher. Yeah, it's way more than I expected. My favorite, my favorite was just last week, a, a guy from um, Australia reached <laughs> out. Yeah. And uh, I think that was the first time we'd ever gotten from that continent, maybe, mm -hmm. um, that, that there was a listener asking questions. It's fun. It's fun to engage with people who are looking at theology. I think that's the, mm -hmm. the thing that I find interesting here is that they're, they're wanting to understand more about their faith, why they believe it. Some people, I've been a Lutheran my whole life, and I didn't know what that meant. Th those kind of conversations. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, I've been surprised. Uh, we have some students here from Salinas, California. That's where you, you cheer, Asher. All right. <laughs> and uh, I went out there for an event last year, and I had a guy come up to me. He's like, oh, I love the podcast. I had to think about it for a second because it was out of place. It wasn't having anything to do with, yeah. with being Lutheran. And so I thought, well, about? oh, that yeah. podcast. Yeah, I'm glad. And he told me about how it really impacted his faith, and mm -hmm. it, was, it was important for him. So I was, it was mm -hmm. good to hear that. It's good to be a part of this ministry. Yeah. Uh, Brett, I have a question, and yeah. I want to kind of move this along here a little bit. Um, when, when it comes down to this. Why a Lutheran podcast? Mm -hmm. um, I, I think all of us are here convictionally. Mm -hmm. We're here for yeah. a reason. Yeah. And I think part of that is um, the impact that this school, you know, the Free Lutheran mm -hmm. Bible College and seminary have had on our yep. life. Um, and and we, we all came to kind of that confidence of mm -hmm. why we believe what we believe here. What did that story look like for you? Yeah, th yeah, thanks for asking. I know for me, um, I, I went to Bible college here, and I, I sensed a call to be a pastor, and um, I thought it'd be best to go to our seminary. And when I went to the seminary, I wasn't absolutely certain that I was a Lutheran. I, I, you know, growing up a Lutheran, um, I, you know, I definitely appreciated all the Lutheran pastors and so on that I had, but I wasn't sure if I was convictionally to that place. And uh, in my time in seminary, I was actually starting to get kind of upset at some of my other classmates, probably Jason, and, yeah, and, and some it's others to too, that, that were kind of really insistent on, on being a Lutheran. And, um, you know, we talk a lot on our podcast about uh, the continuum be between pride and despair, where um, if you're kind of hearing God's law and maybe not necessarily hearing the gospel, you, you can kind of tend towards pride if you feel like you're pulling it off or despair if you feel like you're not. And uh, I think at that time in my life in seminary, uh, when we were all were becoming friends, um, I, I was probably kind of the nice guy feeling like I'm pulling it off and, and not necessarily seeing the gospel clearly. Um, but there was a point where it just clicked for me um, in our classes and, and just in conversations with all of our seminary classmates that the gospel is is finished. It's full and free. 
uh, for me. And that, that truth really opened my eyes to see the gem that there is in Lutheran theology. And, and everything else, every other theological point kind of started to fall into place for me personally. Um, and so somebody described me recently as being kind of a nice guy narcissist. And, and I thought that was kind of a, a good, a good Did way Did you consider of, that a compliment? Kind of, yeah. <laughs> okay, just making sure. But, um, but what I guess even now I still struggle with, um, you know, I'm a recovering Pharisee of sorts. And, and so... That's maybe the opposite of Jason's story. Maybe you were more into despair of and then seeing the gospel. But for me, I, I guess my part of it was um, just being a recovering Pharisee, seeing the, the gospel for me and outside of me, outside of my feelings, outside of, of uh, what's happening inside of me, uh, but delivered to me. And so I just fell in love with the law gospel distinction and uh, Lutheran theology. And so when Jason asked to be part of the podcast, um, it was fun. I, it, I thought that would be great uh, to be able to maybe share with people like me and, and like us that we're just kind of wrestling with what does it mean to be a Lutheran and, uh, and just sharing that. So, yeah. What about you, Jason? Uh, well, for me, I spent almost 10 years trying not to be a pastor after Bible school. <laughs> uh, I, I, I worked really hard at doing something else. Uh, and it came to a head uh, in the year 2006. Uh, I, I know the date, time, and place. Uh, I woke up in the middle of the night and, and was very close to having like a, a nervous breakdown. I was confronted with sin in my life, with the reality that I wasn't a good father, I wasn't a good husband, uh, and that what I was doing uh, wasn't working. And, and I prayed a prayer that night. Uh, I told God, I said, if you can't make me into a good Christian in seminary, I'm walking away. That I can't be a Christian anymore. And didn't really think anything of it. I started seminary the next year. And what ended up happening is in seminary, we were forced to read through the entire book of Concord, cover to cover, which is like 700 pages. And uh, I started reading through it. And uh, after a while, I started paying attention <laughs> and uh, came across a passage in the large catechism that, that was one of those kind of scales falling off your eyes moment. And, and the words that brought me back into the faith uh, are from Article 3 of the uh, Apostles' Creed. And, and Luther wrote, uh, even if we have sins, we do not fear them, for we are in the Christian church where there is nothing but the continuous, uninterrupted forgiveness of sins. And I realized that what I was missing in my life was the gospel. Mm -hmm. uh, as a yeah. Christian, I was getting a whole lot of do this to be a good Christian, do that to be a good Christian, but my sins were never being forgiven. And I realized that what was, that was what was missing, and, and that was kind of the inflection point in my own life at, you know, for being a Lutheran, and, but really for being a Christian. Yeah. Adam, do you have a similar story to I, that? I do. Mm -hmm. Jason and I come from similar backgrounds. And uh, for me, and I've shared this with my students, so actually I've already shared that with both uh, years of our classes here. Um, some of the seminarians maybe haven't heard it, but uh, I grew up under, under the law. I grew up knowing that there was a God. I grew up understanding that this God had some uh, expectations, which we call the law, right? Um, he had these, these uh, behaviors that I was supposed to observe. And, and the more that I tried to observe them, the more I realized I could not. Uh, and, and that led me to despair to the point of in, um, I, I think I was, you, know, you talk about dates, times, places, you know, there was a, a moment where I, I didn't want to live anymore. 
Uh, I, I realized there was a God, had no doubt about that. I realized he had a law, didn't doubt that, knew the law pretty well, actually. I couldn't keep it. Uh, and, and I knew that the consequences of that, I was very Luther-esque, really. I felt Luther not so much intellectually. I, I, you know, I, I'm not as smart as he was, but I felt him the unfectung, that, uh, that, that soul struggle, ang- that, soul anguish, struggle yep. that anguish, that he emotionally, I get Luther. Uh, and, and so there was this despair that went on. And uh, as a result, I was just ready to be done. Uh, and, and God, in, in the way that he does things, he's, he's patient, he's gracious, uh, and he kind of revealed to me slowly. And, then, and ultimately here at the Free Lutheran Bible College, where I was in, in Romans class, where I, I heard the, the forgiveness of sins apart from any works of my own for the first mm-hmm. time. And, and I'd been told that a number of times. And that's not an indictment on my pastor at the mm-hmm. time. Honestly, he was very good. I just wasn't hearing it. I didn't. Mm-hmm. It was my own, my own sin, my own rejection, my own pride. In, in a sense, there's, yep. a pride, yep. ten, there's a pride to spare tension that goes on. And so as a result, I heard that Jesus, uh, there's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. And I realized that there's just absolutely nothing that I could do in order to get in a better standing with God than what Jesus already had accomplished. And and so some of my struggles, well, what about when the law says to do this? What about when the law says to do this? Understanding Lutheran theology, for instance, the three uses or the three functions more appropriately, I think, of the law. Right, the three, the way the law functions—it's a curb for sin in society. It's a mirror for my own sin. I was quite familiar with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, as a guide for the Christian, I saw that as well. And that, you know, that Lutheran theology, but also the law-gospel distinction—that mm-hmm. the law can bring you so far and no further. That there is this idea that you come to um, the the nature of I, I I'm ashamed of what I've done. I'm a broken sinner, and I need I need help. Uh, that you, you can carry that guilt as far as the cross, but you can't carry it any further because at the cross you see that Jesus has paid it all. Yeah. And it's that law gospel distinction, understanding that that God speaks in law terms and He speaks in promise. And he, he uh, really got my attention through that. And it, and it was for that reason that I became convictionally Lutheran. And that's, you know, that was a very specific way. And, and I'm not saying other traditions, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying other traditions don't use that kind of language. Some, you know, sin and grace and, and that kind of thing uh, is a common phrase. And in fact, in a lot of uh, contemporary uh, culture evangelically right now, and I use that phrase kind of loosely as we G- gospel-centered, or yeah, yeah, is this idea of that 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 thought of Luther is coming mm-hmm. back? This law gospel understanding yep. of Scripture, uh, even though they don't call it that necessarily. Yep. As a result, as a result, I, I feel that this has been a great place for me. It's been a great opportunity, and to get into this, which I would have considered by far, and you guys probably do too. You're probably waiting for chapel to be over. Uh, you know, <laughs> this is so nerdy and the confessions, <laughs> and it is to some degree. But there, like Jason said, uh, there are nuggets of truth in there that yeah. really impact. Um, really impact the soul and really illuminate the scriptures. The, the confessions, and, and I think it's, it's good to briefly say this, and I want to get into some Q&A because I think that uh, that's uh, going to be an important part of why we're, why we're here today. But, but the, the confessions themselves, we don't see them as a second scripture. We see them as an as a illumination of the scriptures. Um, and, and that they are, are biblical, you know, that they confess biblical truth and not their own truths. And it's not, this is what, you know, Luther thinks is a good idea. And so he added this in, no, it's, it's, uh, a lot of other things. And so that's, um, it's more of a illumination if that's a a summary or an organization, you know, it's, it's of biblical truth, of biblical truth. You, if you tell someone, okay, you don't need the confessions, you don't need a creed, whatever like that. Okay. Tell me everything you know about the Trinity. 
and you're going to have to stumble through trying to find passages here and there in scripture. Well, the strength of the confessions is that we've got those organized by topic Mm -hmm. and gathered together. So there's a place you can go and learn about it and then understand it according to what the Bible is already teaching. Mm -hmm. It's also stood the test of time in that sense as well. It was written over the course of what's the earliest, uh, about 50 years. Is it 30 to 30 to 80, 80, basically 1530 to 1580. So you got this course of 50 years you've got, and and it stood the test of time as far as the confessions that it makes. And so it's, it's, it's worth studying. And so that's what we do on our podcast. That's a little bit about Mm -hmm. who we are. Uh, I'd like to transition if I can, unless I want to say one more thing. Uh, One of the things or a couple of things that we talk about a lot on through our episodes is, uh, and Jason, you've, you've done a great job of summarizing this for all of us, but uh, looking at the assurance of salvation and vocation. Um, So I've often had a lot of people come up to us because especially when Brian was on, we used to kind of, that was kind of a catchphrase for us, uh, vocation, uh, because we talked about vocation uh, quite a bit, but uh, the way that those two things in particular uh, help, um, yeah, formulate the Christian life, uh, life as a Lutheran. Thank you for joining us. Please look us up on the web at beinglutheran.com. Also invite a friend to check us out on Spotify and iTunes. Students in grades 9th through 12th are invited to campus days at the Free Lutheran Bible College in Plymouth, Minnesota on April 14th and 15th. Guests will sit in on sample classes, tour campus, meet future classmates, and hear about God's Word and how it provides a firm foundation for your life. To register, look online at flbc.edu slash campus days. God bless you and have a great week.